0: Welcome again to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series Show Podcast. My name is Clay McCormick and with me is... Sean Murphy and I had an idea that we should try. Oh uh, yeah, what's that?
1: We should have just done this to begin with, but every time when we record, why don't we start off by talking about what we're actually drawing
0: that day because that is our spin, right? Oh yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, so what are you working on right now?
0: Uh, what I'm, what am I working on right now? I have some commissions I have to finish up, and I've got, uh, I'm finishing up the third issue of this, uh, Demon Noir series that I'm doing, uh, that's, that's getting pretty fun. What about yourself? Um, I'm doing layouts for issue two of Curse of the White Knight. I have what's a... really, what's really fun is that, uh, some of these are a little bit out of order, so... <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. So they're... Yeah, the episode before this is like I'm doing a new Batman book. I can't talk about it. And here I am now talking about volume 2 of that
0: book. <laughs> and I think I think the episode after this talks about how uh White Knight is just about to come out. So um <laughs> this will be interesting.
1: Well, you know what? People like authenticity in today's yeah. day and age. So, you know, they'll take uh they'll take authenticity even if it's completely <laughs> fucking recorded like amateurs
0: (laughs) right right well you know don't worry about continuity don't worry about timelines or anything yeah 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 we're here to talk about batman the animated series yeah you uh, you know
1: you tell our facts are what you demand people accept they're not what actually happened that's that's how things work these days yes exactly (laughs) i'm actually doing um i'm trying to design this layout where barbara's really sad and batman has his arm around her but i'm trying to do it so it's it's not creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so i had one where she was sort of about to start crying and she was sort of leaning forward, but by putting him behind her, it looked like i don't know, something sexual might be happening mm. behind her. You always worry about how um your readers are going to interpret that
0: stuff, you know? So Yeah, that's that's kind of a and it also kind of points out how awkward that motion is for Batman to like <laughs> he's not really an arm around the shoulder type, you know. No.
1: No, I decided to go with a lot of black and to hide most of it
0: in shadow, like always. Yes, yeah, that's that's always that's always the correct answer. <laughs> so, which episode are we starting with today? Uh, today we're going to be doing two. Uh, we're doing Vendetta and Fear of Victory. So let's start off with Vendetta. Vendetta, directed by Frank Power, written by Michael Reeves, and in it, Detective Bullock is arrested for kidnapping. Batman, who dislikes Bullock but nevertheless believes him to be a good man, investigates and discovers the identity of the real criminal, Killer Croc, who harbors a vendetta against Bullock for capturing him once. Batman must clear Bullock's name before it's too late. Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny. I uh, always forget about this one. I don't know why, because I think it's incredibly well animated. Um I love how it's raining throughout the entire episode. Yes. Um. Yeah, there's just a lot to like here.
0: Yeah, I. Uh. I, you know, I always kind of write off Killer Croc. I think when I think about this show, because he yeah. was, he's one of the. Um. He's not really very flashily. I don't know if that's a word, but his his design is not very flashy. He's one of the more. Uh, yeah. Uh, flat designs, um, and they didn't go overboard because you know he's got the. Uh, He's, well, let's get into a little backstory about Killer Croc. He was created in 1983 by Jerry Conway and Gene Colan, which is interesting because Jerry Conway wrote an episode of this show. I'm surprised hmm. he didn't write this one. 19, um, sorry, 1933? 83. 83, okay. Yeah. His real name is Waylon Jones, and he's born with a form of atavism that impair, imparted him with reptilian traits, raised by his aunt, an abusive alcoholic who called him names like Lizard Boy and Reptilian Freak eventually killed his aunt and became a criminal in Gotham City. After committing several murders, he faced off against Batman and Jason Todd, who defeated him. And originally, they actually, uh... He was the person who killed Jason Todd's parents, but then they retconned that. And, oh, okay. uh, his in his first appearance, his pre-crisis appearance, uh, Killer Croc resembled a powerfully built man covered entirely in green scales, but was basically still human in his facial proportions and build. Um... But, you know, as, as more people have, have m- more designers have taken more to the croc side of things and, right. and made him more or less, you know, uh, yeah. he, he kind of goes anywhere from guy with, a, with really bad eczema to actually like a, a crocodile walking around.
1: So when I was um, designing him for White Knight, I, I didn't do any research because, you know, I guess I'm not really a professional. Um, And I came up with the idea of making him green and putting an actual crocodile head on his head. And uh, I thought that was pretty clever, never having bothered to look if anyone else had done it, which, of course, Mm -hmm. it's been done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went to go see the Lego movie with Batman. And uh, of all the other things that movie that had so much in common with White Knight, Killer Croc also had my basic design. So I drove home really pissed off, thinking I had invented something new. But then I went and looked online and, like, it's been done. <laughs> yeah,
0: I remember. I remember how pissed off you were when you came out of that movie. It was, it was it was pretty interesting, actually.
1: I texted you my my meltdown, and I'm not usually that. That's not normally my type of meltdown. Right, right.
0: <laughs> you just were really proud of that crockhead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole like you know, Joker is, sort of has the thing for Batman, but they don't say it. And uh, right. there's a bunch of Batmobiles at the end, and everyone's driving different. I mean, there's so many things in common with it. Uh, yeah, it's still. I'm surprised I didn't get more shit for that from readers,
0: although I did see some. Right. Well, you're going to get a lot more of it now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So Killer Croc is weird because he's when you're animating him, you kind of have to make a decision because he's he's generally covered with scale type stuff, but that's that's would be impossible to animate. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they really dial him back, and they just kind of they make him a little bit uh, you know bigger. He has sort of like kind of reptile feet and he has a little bit more of a monstrous face and they give him like you know these just sort of like pimples on his shoulder right but <laughs> it, it it works somehow yeah. like it's it's super super simple and super super uh um, yeah. refined but it, it it tells the story of the character pretty well
1: yeah i i agree i never i never loved croc it's maybe it's because his design is so blah yeah but he, he but he's not exactly the sharpest blade in the drawer and the fact that he's wearing just jeans like torn up jeans and he's gray and boring looking maybe that fits fits his character i don't know yeah
0: well you know i i feel like in later appearances they kind of start making him dumber right. um, here he's not dumb he's he's of average intelligence average to you know right. good intelligence i guess he's he's smart enough to uh, blackmail bullock
1: yeah but you you're right though the question is if he's stupid then he's not scary, and he's supposed to be scary, because that's all he has. There's nothing else about him. He's just muscle, and he swims, and he comes at you from down below, right? Yeah. But and if you make him the comic relief, then it kind of destroys that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: um, this one, they didn't really go for comedy, and I thought it was more effective.
0: Yeah, that's, some, that's my favorite stuff in the episode, is that it is actually... There's some great... Uh, I hesitate to call it horror stuff, but it's, it's you know, it's a lot of, uh, for a half hour kid show, this is a really nice little piece of, like, noir, mm-hmm. um, and you get a lot of really great Batman stuff, like uh, uh, him sneaking around the docks and and, and yeah. stealing those files and everything and doing yeah. actual, like, Batman stuff that's not just gadgets and punching people. Right. Um, and the Croc stuff, yeah, the Croc stuff's pretty creepy and pretty scary. It's pretty well done. Yeah the way it's shot you know there's some great lighting in this episode
1: With yeah the, absolutely the exterior of, of Gotham City PD I also love the set of Gotham's police station on the water apparently yes yeah um, I did think it was funny that uh, when Batman he hops in the bat boat he takes off it's really well animated all the water and stuff looks great mm-hmm. cut, cut to him sw- swimming out of the water onto the dock to go look at um, he's investigating what's in the boat where he finds a toothpick Mm-hmm. My, my question is why did you have to swim couldn't you have surfaced and just jumped out onto the dock like why did you need to get soaking wet
0: yeah there's there's a couple things like that in this episode that don't make a, t- a ton of sense <laughs> my favorite being um and i think this is kind of where the episode falls apart again it's half hour kid show you got to kind of you know, <laughs> get through it uh yeah. but like when batman is trying to figure out who could have done this stuff? And <laughs> yeah. Alfred makes the the comment about the microwavable croc, and he's like, croc, That's Alfred, it. you're a genius." And then and then some <laughs> for some reason he goes to Sea World, yeah, and gets some general information about crocodiles, which then leads <laughs> him directly to Killer Croc. I made the same note. I feel like Bruce could have grabbed a book and researched it. I don't think he needed to take the day off, go buy a ticket, you know, get dressed. I think he just wanted
1: to go to Sea World, and he needed yeah. an, an excuse to write
0: it off. Yeah, and he's aware, like, we, we realize afterwards, he's aware of who Killer Croc is. Yeah. Like, he he pulls up that file of uh, uh, the newspaper file on the microfiche or whatever. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, for some reason, it's like, he goes to SeaWorld, he watches the, like, pre-recorded <laughs> thing about crocodiles, and he's like, oh, of course, I know exactly which cave under Gotham Harbor that he's storing these people in. Yeah,
1: like, instead of animating SeaWorld and that crowd of people and Bruce and his, you know, Sunday best... You could have had him sort of looking around underwater, trying to find different caves, and then, happening across the correct one. You know.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like a uh, time saver story uh, connector. I think.
1: Well, it doesn't save time because he could have just looked it up. I don't know why he had to go take a day off, <laughs> go get a ticket. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, time stand saver in, in the time
0: saver <laughs> in the body of the episode. You know, like we got to get to point B. So. Right, right, right. Oh, that's
1: true. So one thing about Croc, which I I thought, what I like about his past is he's got. Two things that really stand out. Mm-hmm. Cir- circus Freak and Wrestler. Yep. And I don't know why, and maybe this isn't true, I don't know why they've never done a way to connect Croc to Robin via the Circus Freak angle, or have him connected to Bane via the wrestling angle.
0: Right. Well, Bane is not a wrestler in the comic. Uh, he's oh. he's vaguely Lucha Libre looking, but he's not uh, He's not actually a wrestler traditionally in the comic, as far oh, as I know. Oh, I thought he, yeah. I
1: thought he... I mean, you re- you mean more, more comics than I do. I just thought that he was a wrestler yeah, or something. Yeah, as
0: far as I know, he's not. I think uh, there's right. been a couple illusions along the way, but I don't think he's generally connected to, to wrestling. Is this um, where
1: you uh, tell us about your Bane
0: wrestling story? No, because I don't want people to steal my Bane wrestling <laughs> story, so I'm not going to talk about it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Although I pro- that probably was enough, anyway. Um, <laughs> we can cut this out. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, I'm never gonna get to write it anyway, so who cares? <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, connecting Croc to Robin makes a lot of sense. And I, I, they, based on his Wikipedia article, he was connected to Jason Todd, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make as much sense as connecting him to uh, Dick Grayson because Jason Todd wasn't, as far as right. I know, he was not a circus acrobat or anything. Yeah, no, I don't think he was either. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, I kind of. I mean, maybe they go into it more late. I think there's another episode that's more circus focused with Croc. But I once they brought that stuff up, I was like, oh, I kind of wish they had gone into that a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. um, it's what I like about him is he is uh, different than most villains in Batman. Because like most most Batman villains are like disgruntled scientists or like lawyers or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have someone who's a little bit like uh, um, from the different side of the tracks, so to speak. Right. Uh he's a more blue collar blue collar Batman villain. He is, yeah. Um Yeah. yeah. But uh, he, he Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um it's interesting the different way
1: the different ways the series handles him from time to time. Mm-hmm. Because you have this version which is sort of a scary monster version. Then you have the comedy angle which is uh the one where they're playing cards. And yep. then you have the sympathetic croc, where you're supposed to feel bad for him because he was ridiculed and tortured or whatever when he was younger. Um, at least I think they uh, suggest that in the episode where he's in the forest hanging out with a lot of other circus people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the fourth version they go with is the one that is uh, in a relationship with Baby Doll.
0: Oh right, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah,
1: they take they don't I don't know if they don't know what to do with Croc or what, but they have a lot of different interpretations of him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And his uh his look, I'm just looking at it now. His when they when they redesigned all the characters, they yeah. keep Croc more or less the same. They just make him kind of green. Yeah. Um I actually don't think it's an improvement. I actually cuz I like that kind of weird uh kind of that gap in his jaw.
1: Yeah. That yeah, not not having lips is is the best part about his design, I think.
0: Yeah. Um but, they get... but yeah, it Go seems ahead. like they don't totally like you said, there's many different versions of him that they kind of play in different ways. It seems like they'd never quite really pinned him down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, have the comics pinned him down? I don't know, honestly. I I could count on maybe one hand the number of Killer Croc stories I've read in comics. Right. That's right. I, I mean, that's interesting because, I mean, I've never
1: thought about what I would do with Killer Croc story, but I imagine there's got to be like a really good
0: epic year one caliber story with batman and killer croc you know i mean yeah i mean you could get into some really cool stuff in the with this i mean the imagery of the circus stuff is always going to be a uh yeah Is always going to be a, a fun stuff to draw and and and, and depict
1: right or I w- if i would do it maybe i would go with the the robin angle like there's some connection there to similar circus or you know when bruce is training with houdini maybe he was
0: part of i don't know with the circus for a bit or something i, I don't know yeah sure why not <laughs> when when Bruce was training with Houdini in 1921.
1: <laughs> A Houdini type of character obviously. Yeah. Actually no,
0: I'll tell you if 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 they did another Batman Houdini book like they did, you know, I don't know 20 years ago or so now or however long ago it was. Yeah. Um, that would be cool to set it in the era of the 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 golden age of the circus sideshow. Um mm. and get into Killer Croc there. I think that would be pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Um so the other thing that this episode does that I really like is uh a while ago on Twitter and I think we've talked about it. I think we talked about it in the show previously too. Um I posted the question is Bullock a good cop? And right. we kind of we had discussed it on the show a little bit uh but this episode really kind of plays with that and plays with the grayness of where uh, uh the gray zone that he lies in. Right. And I think it's really effective. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, so I was listening to some of the
1: other podcasts, and I did re-listen to that one, so I, I'll be careful not to repeat myself. But <laughs> yeah, I, I always forget that this episode, it Batman doesn't quite trust um, Bullock at this point. It's very new in their relationship, I guess. Um, but this episode also refers to a, a, you know Bullock having previous connection to Croc, which we never see or hear about. Right. But I kind of like that that they have a history and they really don't need to talk about it too much, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's, I think it's a, it's a crapshoot when you do stuff like that because it's, uh it on on the one hand, it can feel a little bit too convenient. Right. Um, but on the other hand, you don't need to know every caller that Bullock has made along the way. Um, right. The interesting stuff isn't that, isn't so much that he has a connection with Killer Croc as much as the fact that even Batman is like, frankly, I, I thought, I thought you were a criminal. Right. Yeah, Gordon mentions, uh, you
1: know, do you want internal affairs all over you again? Um, maybe they could have done a little bit better at bolstering this um, story between Croc and uh, Bullock that happened previously. Like, yeah. did he screw up the arrest? Did he fudge the paperwork? Um, something quick and easy that I think would have explained more of what Bullock is capable of, you know, if you don't watch him.
0: Yeah, they could. they could have... They could have combined them probably fairly easily with something like that. Where yeah, maybe he does arrest Croc, but yeah, he has to like plant evidence or something, or or he's accused of of not doing it entirely by the book or something like that. I think that would right. be that would be an easy fix. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh really, there's some really great animation sequences. One is when Batman uh has beaten Croc and he's pulling him out of the sewer, and um he Batman comes out first and he's dragging something below him. And uh, you know, first you see Bullock holding a gun on Batman. You're not sure what's going to happen, and the Batman mm-hmm. keeps crawling out. He pulls out, you know, Croc's arm, and you know, because Croc is such a heavy character, you really—it's really well animated. The way he yanks him out and drags him onto the street, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's—I mean—that you get a great shot there too of you know, I, I was going to say you get a great shot of Bullock pulling the gun on Batman, and mm-hmm. I think the feeling you should get from that is maybe. Bullock might actually just shoot Batman. Like there should be some sort of tension there, right? But I don't know if it totally reads that way. I think because in the episode, and again, maybe you know, it's a half an hour kids show. You got to do what you 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 do what you can. But uh, there's no point really where, or I should say, very early on, you find out that Bullock is not involved. He's not a bad guy in this situation, right? Um, So I wonder if playing with that a little bit more, where you know whether or not he's, I don't know. Do you think it, do you think it needs to be, do you think it needs to be connected there? Or do you think it still works because Bullock is so generally a gray character that that relationship with him and Batman, where you don't know if he's pulling a gun on Batman because he's pulling a gun on Batman, mm-hmm. or if he's just, you know, nervous about what's coming up is going to play. I, my take on that scene was that they,
1: both characters had come to an understanding. They'd both figured out what was happening on their own. Mm-hmm. And um, when Batman sees Bullock, I think that they each know that that gun isn't meant for Batman. Um, that's why Batman keeps pulling out Croc. But yeah. I would love it if they set this up earlier in the episode where at some point Croc, uh, Bullock does pull his gun on Batman for something. And then this is a repeat of that scene, but this time they're on the same page.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, That'd be a nice bookend scene, yeah.
1: Yeah, but having a pause or when Batman looks at Bullock before you see Croc... If they have this quite sort a of silent moment. If they sort of leaned into that a little bit more, it might have helped build tension a bit. But I thought it was pretty effective the way it was.
0: Yeah, and I, yeah, I think it. I think Bullock is generally he's a, a he's a good character that they've managed to create without a lot of screen time. Right. Because um, when when he does, he's just sort of like the. Uh, in the episodes, he's not really the focus of. He's just sort of the guy making the wisecrack about Batman or the wisecrack about maybe we, you know, bend the rules a little bit here. Yeah. Um, and when they do focus in on him, I think the stories have been pretty satisfying because the other big one is uh, POV, right. which is a great Bullock episode. And really, they that episode goes a long way to, to describe his character. Right. Right yeah
1: the other bullock heavy episode was when someone put out a contract on him and he batman offered to help bullock said no um and it turns out to be bullock's landlord who's really pissed that bullock is getting uh <laughs> his rent control department's worth way more than it should be and he's a slob and he doesn't get his mail or whatever
0: so you get a good comedic look into what bullock's personal life is <laughs> or yeah. lack thereof that reminds me of something i, I heard about recently uh there's this guy, in, I think he's from Florida, named Joe Exotic, who runs a, uh, an animal sanctuary. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he was running for like local government or something. And I think the person he was running against uh, accused him of his uh, animal sanctuary being inhumane. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he tried to put a hit out on her to kill her. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, of course, it was an FBI agent that he contacted, so he is in jail now. That's too bad. Otherwise, I think he would have been a
1: great character for Governor of Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, he fits right in,
0: absolutely. Why not? <laughs> um, I think my fa- kind of uh, similarly to the little leaps of logic that happened earlier, my, right. favorite, my favorite scene, because I, when I thought about it for a second, I was like, that. there's, a, there's an opportunity for some comedy here. Um, when Bullock is getting out of jail, mm-hmm. he goes and he gets into his car. And he starts driving away. And Croc is in the car waiting for him. And then after they start driving away, Batman is in the back seat and stops Croc. So is <laughs> oh, there yeah. is there a period of time where Croc and Batman are both <laughs> sitting in that car just quietly, not not knowing that the <laughs> other one is there? Holy shit. I totally didn't catch that. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Th- there has to be a point. I assume, I assume Batman got there first. So Batman's just, like, chilling out, hiding in the back seat. And then right. Croc gets there and is just sitting in the front seat right. while Batman attempts to not make any noise to alert <laughs> Croc that he's sitting in the back seat.
1: What if Batman's in the trunk where he's where he knows? But then how would he know that Croc is going to get in the car as well? That's true, yeah. I feel like Batman could have just landed on the roof, dented the hood, and then the fights could have happened.
0: You don't want to have, on. like, a an awkward <laughs> animation of him Pushing his way through the back seat like, you know, how the old cars had the, way. If you pulled down the uh, armrest in the back seat, it would lead to the trunk. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want to have Batman like wiggling his way through that like Danny DeVito and uh, always I Sunny.
1: I mean, you always, there's no cool way to switch from one seat in a car to another. We've all tried to do it. Yeah. It's, it's, you never look good. Your ass is against the ceiling. Your face is against the steering wheel. Suddenly the wiper, wipers turn on. It's just there's no cool way to pull it off. So Have you ever tried to
0: change clothes in a car? It's like trying to get out of a straitjacket. Uh, no, I have gotten laid in a car, and I don't know how
1: I did it because I remember being behind the steering wheel, and I don't know what she did, but it managed to work. That's impressive because,
0: like, in the driver's seat, that's I, man. Yeah, hats have, off to whoever that person was. But yeah,
1: I must have had to put the seat way back or something. I did, and I had a stick shift too. No, we pun get in, it. You were cool. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Anyway, so that happened.
0: Yeah, kid show. No, um, this is definitely <laughs> not a kid show. Uh, do you have um... a scene that I want to draw?
1: Yeah. I think uh, the police station on the water is pretty cool. Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of drawing water because it's just so hard. Mm-hmm. And I can never, d- draw, like, the way that you ink splashes and way, I just, I'm not, I hate that stuff. It's so tedious. It's like, it's like, trying to draw fire for me. I just don't oh, like yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Unless you draw, like, super smooth water that's basically, like, glass. I think that's the way I would go with some, uh, you know, raindrops and stuff
0: breaking yeah. the blast. You know, fire's interesting because I feel like... Uh, I feel like you and I probably run into the same problems when it comes to inking fire because it's like, where... How, what does what that form... What does that form look like? Because right. we, we both have really heavy ink styles and it's it's... If you if you if you drop that and then just do like a an outline of flames, it looks really silly. Yeah. So and finding that middle ground of like you right. know using the white and the black and it's it's right. tough. I did. a... So it's funny. Each book I do, I
1: find that I've got a new challenge to overcome. And when I did the wake, I, I remember thinking, now it's time to get good at water and do water yeah. in all of its forms. And with Curse of the White Knight, my thing is fire because Azrael, of course. So for the promotional piece that got released, um, I drew his, it's like an exploding fire glove. Uh, I would say that it doesn't really work as much as I wish it had. But I'm glad that I did that piece because then I did the variant cover B with Asriel in it. And I took more time getting the shape of like each lick of fire. You know what I mean? Like as the flames whip up. But I also still wanted to get dry brush in there, you know, and some textures. But where do you put that? And for me, I found, sorry, it's going on for too long. No, for me, I found that like really planning certain shapes of fire containment lines is important. Um, if you just go all messy, then you have nothing to lock in on. Right, right. But there, there is a mix. It's like fifty-fifty of messiness, dry brush splatter, along with uh,
0: actual outlines of flames here and there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's interesting to break it down to a multi-layered way like that. But yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right. I, my cheat is I try to sh- sh- shoot, like, you
1: know, you have the camera in the comic. I try to shoot my fire so that there's black behind it all the time. Yeah. Th- that right. way you can make it glow and it's sort of more forgiving and it makes it pop more. Um, it's not always possible depending on what's in the scene, but as much as I can, I try to cast my fire against the black background.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because then you've got the, you know, the super high contrast stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that that's going to look good. Yeah. Um, I would draw you know what I actually what I I loved the rain stuff in this uh, episode yeah which I feel like they haven't really done much in the way of um, environment or uh, uh, seasonal manipulation like this so that was really right. fun for them to get into that. I loved the scene uh, where Bullock and Gordon were in Gordon's office. And they're having an argument. There's lightning going on outside and Batman's yeah. just hanging out on the, yeah. the ledge, like, listening. Right. It's not It's not like a really splashy scene, but it, I don't right. know. I think I would like to, to do something like that. I think that would be a lot of fun.
1: I thought of you during that scene because I had the same thought. Um, and I figured you'd be all about that. There's also a little bit of Batman lit by
0: fire in this episode yes, too which is. we're also a fan yeah, of just just a little bit yeah i was i was i was very happy to see that yeah. and it is uh, it is getting to the halloween season so a black and orange batman is always, is always <laughs> a great look. that would that you know they're making action figures of every single character from this show now yeah. if they make a firelit batman where it's black and orange batman i'm gonna buy like eight of those wow I, that's a deep cut i don't know if They'll think to do that. I don't know, man. That other company has been making video game versions of these characters. So like they have oh, the eight yeah. bit painting painted <laughs> version of like Batman the and slightly uh, slightly
1: purple, like in the yeah. yeah. Dude, so quick side note, it's funny you mentioned this. I played that game, I own it. I played that on Nintendo this past weekend. And Which I was, one? was uh NES Batman. Okay, yep. Yeah. Just the the good one. Um I think it's actually still like a top five Batman game if you look at a lot of lists um but you know side scroller whatever it's it follows the movie kind of then again there's a lot of sci-fi stuff in there but it's really hard to beat i get to the very end and i didn't actually beat it um i just got fed up but i finally went to youtube and i looked at the end scene Mm -hmm. and batman basically says okay joker i've got you i know you killed my parents and he throws him off the top of the building and kills him (laughs) what yeah yeah in that game batman murders a joker period there's wow. no way around it. Yeah, go to YouTube and look at it, man. I mean, <laughs> it's the, it's not animated. It's just like still shots with dialogue written around it. Right. You know, it's, it's Nintendo. And it's really well done, but I was shocked. I'm like, okay, I, that, I, I guess that's the end of Joker. All right. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like more people aren't aware of
0: that that happened because the game is so hard to beat that no one actually beat the game. Yeah, I'd be curious to know if it's actually that hard or if there's a glitch in it like the Ghostbusters game. I oh, hit, really? The Ghostbusters NES game uh, was one of the hardest game I mean, it's a terrible game. But it's also one of the hardest games I've ever played because there's a certain point at the end where you have to march up these stairs to get to the, you know, like in the movie, to get to the, uh, the top of the building. Right. And it is impossible. There's ghosts coming at you from every angle. You don't have enough, like, equipment and stuff like that. And yeah. it's really hard to move. And so I never beat it. And um, <laughs> years later... I I I found out a friend of mine had the Sega Master System, which was the Sega NES yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh And he had the Ghostbusters game, and he had no problem beating that. And I was like, "So what the fuck? Am I? Is it just? Am I just that bad at it?" And I looked it up. There's apparently a glitch in the NES game, so you can't actually beat it. It's like the glitch makes it too hard. You cannot do it unless you have like Game Genie or something else to help you get up
1: there. Whoa! I never I never knew that, man. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. A lot and of also, great, great quality control.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. You also haven't
0: thought about the Sega Master System for
1: years. Like I didn't
0: even know it existed until I saw it at my friend's house. I, oh. I thought Sega Genesis was the first Sega system.
1: No. So that was a little bit before your time. The Sega Master System had really poorly designed white cartridges. Remember the box, mm-hmm. They were all white grids. And mm-hmm. I think it was the first time I saw Shinobi in some of those old games. And uh, it was decent, but not as strong as Nintendo. And then Genesis is the one
0: that did it. Yeah, man, Genesis was the best.
1: That's what I had. I, I think Genesis is definitely better than Super Nintendo because Genesis didn't have uh, they didn't edit
0: out violence like Nintendo did. Yeah, man, the Genesis version of Mortal Kombat was where it was at. <laughs> yeah, I bought NHL '94 for Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, how bloody it was? Nope, yeah. no, no blood. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on the <laughs> Sega Genesis podcast. Next next episode, we'll be talking about two bad dudes and the Aladdin video game. Um, what would you uh, What would you rate this episode? Uh, I'm gonna go four on this strong yeah. four. I think I would agree. I, w- I would go four. I think it, you know, it's a great little noir. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed watching this because it just it gives you it gives you a Batman that you're not. going I think this is this is a prime example of why this show is so great as far as depicting Batman. Like, why is this the Batman that everybody kind of looks at? Mm-hmm. Because they give you all of these aspects of Batman in really satisfying way. They don't just, you know, yeah. it's not just the same kind of animation, but this episode, Batman uh, happens to do a little problem-solving. Right. They did a straight-up, like, noir movie or noir story That's you yeah. know, with all of the trappings that come with it, and Batman fits right into that pocket, and I think it's right. really great.
1: Yeah, minus the uh, Alfred's accidental Croc assist. Um, yeah, it was generally very noir and uh, very adult.
0: Yeah, and I think I think, it, I think uh, why it's a four, and not a five, for me. I think that I think the last like quarter of it kind of is you know it just basically turns back into a kid show where it's Batman and Croc yeah. just punching each other. But you know that's to be expected. But you know
1: honestly, the reason that I'm not at five is because I don't think Croc is that compelling. Yeah. Um I'm like I imagine this episode generally as it is but swap out the bad guy for somebody more interesting. Yes. And I think yeah. you could basically have the same episode, you know. Yeah.
0: That's a good point. You really could plug pretty much anybody in there and it would be the same story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if you're going to do a croc episode, do lean into the circus thing. Show right. his past. Show how he's become this way. I mean, that's way more interesting than they don't give you anything here. They they tell you a little bit very briefly, but that's Sh- it. Show how he got
0: those pants. definitely alright, yeah, so I think that's going to do it for Vendetta we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back with Fear of Victory Hey everyone, welcome back this episode we're doing is "Fear of Victory," mm-hmm. written by Samuel Warren Joseph, directed by Dick Seabast, and in it, the Scarecrow invents a fear chemical that is activated by adrenaline. Then he uses it to affect the outcome of athletic events. Whenever a single person becomes agitated, the fear chemical kicks in, turning his mm-hmm. excitement to fear. The Scarecrow yep. bets against the sports teams, sports stars, teams as part of his criminal scheme. To scare up some quick cash, and Batman and Robin must foil his plot. Right. This. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say uh, the biggest thing about this episode. Well, it's the first Robin one we've done in a while, um, but they've redesigned Scarecrow to be a much better design. Right. Than that, you know, condom head guy. Right. Uh, But but it's
1: it's still not great.
0: Yeah, it's like it's got good stuff in it, but it's just (laughs) such like low stakes. Yeah, like it's, it's the it's Scarecrow using all of his power in order to like pay his credit card bills. Essentially,
1: that's yeah. So for me, this episode, I'm always blown away by how well it's animated. Yeah, because you're drawing football teams, and you know, there's charging, and they they change into monsters while they're charging at the camera. I mean, there's that some looks great. Yeah, heavy animation in here for an episode I could not give two shits about. Yeah like what a waste of resources waste and it's not that I'm an artist and I'm against sports (laughs)
0: um yeah it's uh it's funny too because like I I was watching it and you get to the end and um Batman is is uh uh, squaring off with Scarecrow on the catwalk and and Scarecrow's kind of explaining why he's doing what he's doing and he's like hey man chemicals are really expensive and th- it's like they didn't end it there. It's like we need to give this a little bit more of a punch. So he's like, I need to be able to pay for chemicals so I can make more of this stuff so I can take over the city. It's like, okay. Yeah. So we're f- we're like focusing on the, 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 the pre-production part of the crime here right? where right. it's just him like r- running his uh, fear-induced Kickstarter to get the funds to, to make yeah. all the chemicals.
1: <laughs> That's a good way to put it, man. Yeah, this fear, go fund me. <laughs> but I, I already, I mean, I, I want to like the Scarecrow, but I just don't. And I, it's not that this costume still isn't good enough. It's that he puts on a stupid outfit and goes and places bets on horses, and you see him wearing ridiculous sunglasses and trench coat. It's just, it's just so low stakes for a character that's supposed to be really terrifying, you know? And uh, I don't know why they couldn't think of something better. And I did a book, uh, Batman Scarecrow Year One, back in 2005. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at Scarecrow and really not liking the way he was designed uh, and redoing it completely to more of like a, a scary pilgrim ghost cowboy type of thing. Right. Um, But I, the problem with Scarecrow for me was every time you look back at his past, he's had a really shitty, dorky costume for decades. So I wonder if this cartoon couldn't escape that fast enough. Like they, they kind of got caught in the tradition of Scarecrow and they didn't really think about redesigning him correctly until season 4.
0: Yeah, and I think I think on top of that too, you know, the thing with Scarecrow is that um the first episode with him and then we'll see in in the next episode with him. Uh the the fun for at least the animators and stuff comes from the crazy visions induced by the fear toxin. Right. Which this episode doesn't really have. It's it's a lot of uh basically watching that happen to other people, but not really seeing what they're seeing, Right. Uh, which takes away that element of fun from the Scarecrow. And if you don't have that, you'd think, all right, well, at least the Scarecrows are really creepy, like dark, uh, scary villain in and mm-hmm. of himself. But yeah, he's just sort of like wa- sulking or skulking around in a trench coat. And right. That, like there's no... Like in, I, in the first episode, he's got henchmen, which don't really feel right. Right. Uh, like, the, they haven't quite tapped into the, the way to uh, approach the Scarecrow outside yeah. of his fear toxin that feels, you know, unique and honest. He just feels like any other character here.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, it's funny because his he's based after uh, Ichabod Crane. Um, the,
0: I, I think that's, that's where the name comes from, Jonathan Crane. I think Crane comes from Ichabod Crane, yeah.
1: Yeah, and if you... You know, my impression of the Ichabod Crane story and sleepy hollow and all that stuff is like, there's plenty there to do a great to, to unpack, to put into scarecrow. You don't need to have him have henchmen. He could always be lurking in the shadows. And I mean, if, if Batman ever gets one hand on him, he gets squirted with a toxin, but I don't know. I mean, he's so flimsy that as soon as Batman grabs him, it's over pretty much. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I just, I don't know what it is about scarecrow, but I think that, you know, you fast forward to season four where, uh, they made him more physically imposing. He's mm-hmm. sort of bigger and broader-shouldered. You don't even see his face; it's just distorted. You know, the noose around the neck is, just, is is brilliant, and I think most people would agree that that's like the best version of Scarecrow ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they um if you if you put him in a lineup of uh, all of the other villains that they've done in this first season of the show, not right. visually, but like if you just listen to the audio of them talking and stuff, right. He doesn't stand out. He kind of falls in the same pocket as like, uh, you know, your Rat Kings and your uh, Nostromos. And and these guys who are just sort of, they just sort of all have a big (laughs) theatrical way of speaking. So they come off as villains, but don't really have much of a character. Whereas you have your two faces who have a very distinctive sound. Mm -hmm. You've got Freeze who has a very distinctive sound. Joker who has a very distinctive sound. Even Harley Quinn has a very distinctive sound. Uh, Croc has a very distinctive sound right um and it's uh the actor that
1: plays him is uh renee something who was in uh deep space Nine.
0: Oh, is correct? it oh i I didn't, I didn't realize that yeah that's uh odo from deep space nine yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. who is a great actor who has yes. a great voice but i i don't know they just didn't pull this off or he didn't pull this off for some reason
0: yeah like i think i think uh not to i mean obviously we can't go back and like rewrite the show or anything yet <laughs> but uh, like it would be really cool if his voice was just like a low whisper or something like that, something a little creepy. I don't know. Maybe maybe they did uh, dial up his campiness because he's mm-hmm. potentially so scary, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a good point. And the other thing I'd
1: like to know too is when they planned this episode, what was the? Did you want to have a Robin episode, or were you trying to have a Scarecrow episode, or did you want to have a, an episode that had college in it? Like, yeah. What, what were you going after here, and why did you mix these things together?
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, it's especially.
1: Yeah. This is the first Robin episode.
0: Uh, he shows up in. I think he's in the Christmas episode, so he's shown up at least once before. Oh, I looked it up. I thought this might be the first.
1: Robin. I, I'm pretty.
0: I'm pretty sure he shows up in early in the uh, in the season. Okay. Yeah, because he does. Because I remember. I think it's. I think it's either the Christmas one or even um, le- on leather wings, because I remember, I think we talked about it, how they don't give you any backstory to Robin, he's just also there. Right.
1: I'm going to look this up right now. Keep talking. Okay. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I thought I, I looked this up specifically. Uh, 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 first appearance. Fear of victory. Really? Yeah. Huh. Right? I Because I, I had a whole complaint about this when I looked it up. So... Um, when I, when I was a kid, I saw, we all saw these out of order, and I assumed that Robin's Reckoning was the first Robin episode, and I also assumed that Robin wasn't in season one. Um, I was wrong on both accounts, because I'm watching this from the DVD set, basically, DVD set, and, uh, this is the first Robin episode, and I was stunned because it's such a, you know, wah-wah type of introduction to could be a pretty good character, um, it, you haven't established Robin as a character before you're starting to play with the character. So I feel like this episode maybe got done sooner than they were expecting. But I, again, I don't understand the logic
0: of not doing Robin's Reckoning
1: before any other Robin episode.
0: Yeah, that's uh, you've kind of thrown me for a loop because I could have sworn that he was in an episode before this. Wow, that's crazy. No, Leather Wings was just Batman. And the um,
1: there are two Batman, there are two Christmas episodes. One of them has Robin in it. And then the other one is the one that we watched. Huh. Which has I... Joker escaping from on top of a rocket Christmas tree.
0: Yeah, that's Christmas with the Joker. That's this season. He's yeah. not in that?
1: No, Robin's not in it. He's in a different Christmas one.
0: Son of a bitch.
1: It's the one where he's trying to get Bruce to watch It's a Wonderful Life.
0: Yeah, isn't that... That's this one, isn't it? That's... that's... I, I think
1: you're combining them in your
0: head. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Dick Grayson is in Christmas with the Joker.
1: Wait. What was
0: the first... <laughs> Batman and Robin begin patrolling Gotham City to search for Joker. Robin is skeptical. This particular patrol is worthwhile. Opting to relax. I mean, we can go to the tape. We have...
1: <laughs> so, s- season... List of one episodes. I don't think... There was another Christmas one that wasn't Christmas with the Joker.
0: Oh, I'm sure there was, yeah. Either way, oh. regardless of <laughs> who he shows up, I think your point still stands. That it's, it's strange that everybody else in this show kind of gets a introduction, but Robin just sort of shows up.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, you're right. It is Christmas with the Joker. There is only one Christmas episode, uh, and sees in these, in this first season. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're the, the order in which they released is so inconsistent from whether you're looking on Wikipedia or if I'm looking at the DVDs or, um, amazon
0: prime when they had them like i they're all over the place (laughs) yeah yeah it's that it's unfortunate that uh well i guess i think i think we've mentioned that a a few times that the nature of the episodic tv just you know there's they're not really connected so they can kind of just throw them out however they want right um yeah but it's uh i i do what i do like about the robin thing regardless of the fact that he just sort of shows up when they need him Mm -hmm. uh they do kind of explain why he's not there all the time by having him in college which is nice yeah yeah I did like that aspect and uh um, you know I, as far as if as far as scarecrow plots go uh, I liked that it was a little bit more complex than just sprayed by the fear toxin and then you know he's you know wobbling around for the rest of the episode I like that there was the adrenaline aspect built into it So there was a little bit more, uh, it was a little bit more twisty than they usually get. Right. Because it's usually, it's usually, uh, I've been sprayed by the fear toxin. Uh, (laughs) Now I need to suck it up and try to work through my fear for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Were you a fan of uh, Scarecrow in the Nolan movies? You know, I I, I am. I like him in there. I, I think... I liked that he was such a left field choice for those movies. Like I, I just watched Batman begins recently and I was thinking about how, how much I appreciated that the villains they chose for that were Ra's al Ghul and, and Scarecrow and weren't just your usual, you know, top five rogues gallery. Yeah. I'm not sure if I liked Scarecrow. Yeah. I, I
1: don't know what it was. If it was the special effects around his scary mask. Um, you had henchmen in it which I, i'm not a big fan of scarecrow having henchmen mm-hmm. i don't know I, i'm not really sure what i would do if i wrote scarecrow honestly I, I don't think i would do it the kevin nolan way or this way necessarily on, on the animated series
0: yeah he's uh i think as a as a side character in the movie i thought he was fine like i i, I yeah. didn't have a problem with the way that they handled. i guess it's I guess it is a little weird when you think about it. When he's just like, "Would you like to see my mask? I have this really creepy mask I like to wear sometimes." Yeah,
1: that that stuff's just over the top for me. Um, and then at some point, Batman looks like the devil with you know fiery eyes and a fiery mouth, and it was just a little over the top for me. Yeah, and I don't, and you know, Batman is such a character. Bruce Wayne is a character so driven by terror already. I don't think that having visualizing his flashbacks to what his deepest fears are, I don't know if you need Scarecrow's toxins in order to do it. I think Bruce is tortured enough by that
0: stuff or you can have those scenes and you don't need the fear toxin. You know well I mean? how would you feel if Scarecrow if they did a Batman movie where Scarecrow was the main villain? He was the he was the big bad in the movie and they really leaned into like the scarecrow so it's like much darker it's almost like a horror movie yeah the fear toxin really generates some really freaky shit
1: yeah that if you made it a halloween movie um you know focused i mean you took away his henchman made him this kind of guy in the shadows and yeah i think that would have a lot more effects for me than making him a, a a bit part in a larger story yeah,
0: I think so. I think that would be I think that would be great. I, the, the, yeah. That's the problem with it's almost You know how you know how when when you like a band and you know you follow not that Batman's like a, a garage band, but you follow a <laughs> band like from when they yeah. kind of were getting started and they're doing really kind of edgy like really yeah. interesting stuff, and then they get to like Queen is a really good example. If you go back and listen to early Queen, that mm-hmm. stuff is really raw. They're still it's still recognizably Queen, but it's out there. It's strange, and mm-hmm. then. As they get more and more popular, stuff gets more refined, it gets bigger, and now they're expected to play stadiums every time they go out, and to the most people they could possibly play to. Right, right. I feel like Batman movies... I think the Nolan movies were the last time you could really get away with telling a story, like this Scarecrow story we're talking about, Mm -hmm. because they are now part of the big playing to stadium business that uh, that comic book movies are. Right. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they could surprise like this. That Joker movie they're doing with Joaquin Phoenix that right. looks that looks like it's that yeah. looks like an indie film. So who knows? Yeah. I, I would I would love to see them take that yeah. um, uh, mindset and apply that to Batman and just do a nice gritty. I I different agree. Batman. I'm a I'm a to take you a step further. I'm always a fan
1: of low budget to really squeeze the creators. To do the best they can. Oh yeah, yeah. Without needing to worry about you know CGI and all the special effects. I, for years, have been wanting a low-budget Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like, make the script as good as you can. Get the actors to like. We're gonna squeeze you guys. We're not gonna give you a lot of help on CGI. We need you to make the script stand for itself. I want you to use puppets. I don't want any of this like you know warp. Drive into crashing into other. Sh- I mean, like none of that. You got to rely on your writing ability and your acting ability and your old-fashioned cameras. That's it. And I right. think that generally we're too reliant on after effects, special effects, all mm-hmm. the, all that stuff these days. Um, and so, for this, if I think of like a low-budget Halloween type movie featuring Scarecrow and Batman's, Batman's in it, but he's not necessarily the main focus. That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, like I I, I would I would like to believe. You could make a Batman movie like we're talking about for like under $100 million. Like, let's say like $80. Easily. Go with matte paintings. Yeah. Bring back matte paintings. Well, that might be more expensive now because I think everybody who did that stuff is dead. But um, the. If, yeah, if you did a lower budget Batman movie that was really, really good, like, that was just legit great, Mm -hmm. you're going to make. Maybe not the same money that like Batman Superman made in its first weekend, but I feel like you're right. gonna it's gonna it's gonna be better in the long run and more rewarding mm-hmm. in the long run to have a lower budget movie that you can take a chance on that does super well. I mean, that's why they keep making all these horror movies because they they cost like three three million dollars to make, and right. everybody goes to see them regardless of they're good. I mean, yeah. if they if one of these came out and was good, right. then it would make billions of dollars. Right, right. But then again, it's... I'm not a. You know studio executive so what do I know
1: right what was the uh uh the witch movie in the early 90s that was made for like nothing oh Blair Witch yes thank you Blair Witch yeah they need to Blair Witch it a little bit low budget Blair Witchy style Batman movie where you the most most of your budget pays for the Batman costume and the Batmobile and a couple of great actors but everyone else works on a shoestring budget and you're gonna have to do the best you can
0: yeah yeah.
1: I Gordon? think that that often can inspire greatness, like creative decision-making, like in Jaws. You know, the shark's broken, basically. We, I want to break the shark on Batman and have the creators do something to work their way around the problems, you
0: know? Yeah, that's why, you know, I believe the same thing. That's why every time I start a new book, I make sure to break one of my fingers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm glad
1: we're finally getting somewhere. Yeah.
0: Um... Yeah, I, th- I think that's about it for this episode. What um, <clears throat> excuse me. What scene would you draw?
1: Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I I can I tell you what I don't want to draw instead. Sure. <laughs> All right. I don't want to draw a bunch of football players, numbers, you know, on their yeah. jerseys, running around, logos, you know, helmets. Like I don't want to draw any of that shit. Yeah. I don't want to draw any dream sequence horror stuff. I, I just don't enjoy that stuff, and I, I don't know. I've done it a lot. In my earlier part of my career. I just don't want to do it again. So that's how I'm going to answer the question
0: this week. Because I don't want to do those things. (laughs) You want to draw Robin studying in his dorm (laughs) room. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) How about you? Um, You know, I would love to... There's a sequence where uh, uh, Batman and Robin go to Arkham Asylum. And uh, to find uh, Scarecrow not in his cell. That's true. Yeah, I would really like to do that because I've never drawn Arkham Asylum before. And, you know, I I, I love... I was thinking about, you know, it's... Every time you watch, like, a police show or, like, CSI or something like that with someone who works in the science field, there's going to point out two things. The fact that uh, all of the women should have their hair up and, two, that (laughs) nobody has any lights on for some reason. And, you know, it's... Arkham Asylum is it's a it's a fully functional mental institute with like doctors and stuff, yet they never have lights on. No. And uh <clears throat> it always casts these great shadows and everything. And I would love to to dig into to Arkham Asylum a little bit.
1: Yeah. In a uh, Curse of the White Knight I'm drawing Arkham Now and Arkham sixteen eighty five. Or as it was known as Arkham Manor. Mm hmm and uh it's the same building i mean it's just stonework everywhere it's medieval uh you have wrought iron you know fence posts and things just sticking out for no reason um it's totally yeah i mean whenever i draw arkham is i feel like this totally violates a bunch of medical codes not to mention like basics you know sanitation whatever you want to throw at it it's it's awful yeah. but it's just so cool and there's so much you can do with it um like i don't usually when i draw sets I try to be consistent on where the characters are and making sure each set and each panel matches up to the background of the next panel. Mm-hmm. But with Arkham, because it's so much just you have stone, you have you have moonlight, you have cast shadows, and you have Batman. You can just do whatever you want. It's something that I really like about it. Yeah, you know, you should, I, you should draw it, man. You'd really enjoy it. You yeah, get no,
0: I, I would love to. I, you know, as I was watching this and I was thinking about how Arkham is always presented as like this dark medieval, you know, or or eighteen hundred style manner kind of thing. Yeah, I was thinking, and I will, uh, I won't give you my Bane story on the air, but I will give you this because I thought about it just a few minutes ago. If I were to write a Batman story with Arkham Asylum in it, I would go the complete other way with it. I would make Arkham sterile, white modern all of that stuff and then have the older arkham kind of like underneath it yeah so that's good. you could you know basically so you'd go into arkham and you'd see like the face of arkham mm-hmm. where uh you know we have the the best doctors working with these patients and blah, blah 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 and all this kind of stuff and then someone i don't know if it's bruce wayne or someone's like wait a minute isn't isn't the joker here somewhere I'm like oh <laughs> Yeah, well, don't worry about that. And then you find out that like all of the crazy people or like yeah. the the supervillains are right. kept in the lower depths of Arkham, in like the right. shittier place. I think that yeah. would be I think that would be pretty fun to play with the contrast of the two different styles.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is there um, in some episodes, or maybe it's a movie version? Doesn't Bruce? There's a lot of underground things below Arkham, like secret caves, passageways. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think in one version, Batman's cave is actually underneath Arkham. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's it was something Scott was doing or throwing around, huh. or in a, in a possible future, I think Batman puts the Batcave underneath Arkham so he can like keep an eye on everything right above him. You know, well, that's just being lazy. <laughs> exactly. Well, then you know, Batman also uses a lot of technology
0: now where he doesn't need. Use- really need to leave the cave very much <laughs> right right well i always liked in uh, uh you know not to go off on too many tangents i always liked in kingdom come the future version of batman where he just replaced himself with drones yeah so he's still he's old and crippled but he still polices gotham with bat drones i thought that, yeah. was, that I, I figured i was like that that's a natural that's a progression of the character that makes sense totally yeah they, they were actually like biped drones, big mech robots,
1: basically. uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, in a way, you could... The real
0: way to do it would be to actually use real drones. (laughs) Just have them constantly
1: patrolling the city and, you know, zapping people from 800 feet in the sky.
0: Yeah, that's... uh, Honestly, that's probably more terrifying than one guy in a mask, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely leads more to uh, Batman being a fascist, that that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, no, I think I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, yep. Do you want to give this one a
1: rating? Yeah, uh, ooh, I'm between a two and a three. Yeah. I'm going to go three because I think the animation is really great. But I think the story needs a lot of work, or just needs to be scrapped. Especially as a Robin's first introduction story. <laughs> How about well, you?
0: Well, luckily it wasn't, so. <laughs> it, no, it was. If you look at the release date, this okay, came out. Okay, if the release date, if you go by release date, yes, okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it came out first That's what release date means, Clay <laughs> uh, Yeah, I would, I would give it a three oh. um, And that's based entirely on uh, the animation And I'm going to give them extra points for the Scarecrow redesign You know, I forgot to mention The one, the other thing I'd like to draw Maybe not like to draw, but want to know what the story is Did you mm-hmm. notice that the Scarecrow's hideout Is in somewhere with, that has posters everywhere for a horse show? That I guess it's like stables or something because these big posters say horse show and then that huh. say canceled across <laughs> it. So I would like <laughs> to draw that horse show and see what, what's going on with that.
1: <laughs> I didn't mention, I didn't notice that man. Anyway,
0: uh, you
1: know what? That actually does fix a lot of the episode for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna do it. Um, next time we're gonna be doing. The Clock King and Appointment in Crime Alley. Clock. Those are some pretty good episodes. So, yeah. Uh, and if you if you like this, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Batass Podcast. It's B-A-T-T-A-S-S Podcast. Or send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. B-A-T-T-A-S-S Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to give us a rating or review on iTunes, that's much appreciated. Hope you guys are enjoying this. And uh, thanks, Sean. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah, and thank you everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> let